you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 150 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/slash/sheck. S H E K. Episode number 150, something fancy should be planned here. What do you got there behind the glass, Black Tie? What sort of celebration do you have afoot? Special guest today, guys. Who's that? Special guest. Who's that? One-man show, the one and only famous Markevious Mark Sessler. Markevious Mark Sessler. All right. Underwhelming. All right, let's say hello to uh, to the man seated to my immediate right, as he always is, or almost always from NFL.com and beyond, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. A couple of sure. things right here off the top since we are uh, here in episode 150. Number one, mm-hmm. no surprise that Black Tie has not come through with any sort of special guest. Episode 150? You think like, that would be worth When people hey. have been married for 50 years, that's a big celebration. We're that plus, I mean, times three. That's gotta. That's gotta be something. Did Kamish Goodell pen us a note of some sort? Did he congratulate us in in any way? The Did you let him know? The commissioner awards coming soon. Right to NFL yeah. Network Studios near you. They're not televised. Sit tight. Sit tight. So I'm, gonna I'm say. not going to sit them. tight. Well, you better show up. Sit tight. I right. haven't been notified that I was nominated for anything, so I'm obviously not going. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the way I am. Then you're a heel. No, yeah. you're a heel if you go there and sit there knowing you have no chance of yeah, winning that's... anything. What are you, a sucker? Yeah. I don't think so. Last time I checked, no. All right, Rank, what's the poop with you? How are we? I'm doing wonderful. I got to tell you. Get out of town and. Uh, get out of town. Getting out of town. Running out. You just were out of town in the, in the Big Apple. You can't contain me. All right. I, I bet I know where you're going. I want to talk about. I want to talk about at some point. I, at some point soon, Rank. Yes. Before we get into the top 100 list uh, available for you on NFL Network every Thursday night, counting down from 100 
to number one. And guess what? Third year, third straight year of Hokum, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. They just these players vote. It's crazy to me that the players vote on it and they're the ones out on the field, and yet that's what you call the not being able to see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's all I can come up with. How can they be so wildly inaccurate about the sport they play? We'll talk about that, but you know a list we need to do, Rank, okay. is best travel destinations in these United States, because okay. I think it would be a war between the two of us. You would go it's, Vegas, Vegas, and then Vegas again. Would you stop? You would. That would be your vote, except for maybe that border town when you drive from California to Nevada. There's one right when you cross the Nevada border. Prim. What's that one called? Prim, Nevada. Well, I mean, whatever it's called. Terrible I don't want to be there. Yeah, oh, I thought you were going to vote uh, yay on that no, one. No, no, no. The, the problem with that, it, it's cool that when you're coming down the hill, mm-hmm. when you're going over the 15 for people coming from California, you come over the hill, you see if it's at night, you see the lights of Prim, Nevada, and like, hey, you know, and when I was in college, that was sometimes a destination in and of itself because everyone's you'll... seen Swingers. People know what that moment no, is when don't. you. Everybody knows the movie Swingers when you when when Vince Vaughn and John Favreau cross over in their convertible and they see the lights. Everybody, yeah, everybody, that, everybody gets that moment. I've seen Swingers once. I don't remember that part. I do remember they were they were driving up. <laughs> they're driving up to Vegas. The two of yeah. them. I don't know what it is. Neither one of them are. Uh, they're not. They're not drinking. They're not doing whatever mind-altering things they could be. Is doing. Is that what they should just, be doing? Yes, that's the whole point of going up there. Oh, rank. Oh, rank. Starting off on such an R-rated note. All right. See, I go. Well, we'll get into a list at some point. We'll Wait, debate but, what the best travel since, destinations well, are. I think we've. My top three of what is what. Or three right, Vegas, I've Vegas. Had. No, 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 Vegas and New Orleans, Prim. and uh, now New York City. I thought you didn't enjoy New Orleans all that much. No, I liked it. You were underwhelmed by it. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed the first day when I walked down Canal Street, and I'm like, this is it? This is like walking down Fremont all right. without now, listen, the gambling. I don't know what oh Fremont being uh, in Fremont Vegas Street. again. Back to your beloved Vegas. All right. Now, listen. We have some things to talk about. The draft is now over. Free agency is in the books, of course, or just about. There's still some big names out there, though. It's pretty interesting. For whatever reason, I've noticed in the last couple of years in the NFL, there are big-name free agents that are just sitting there in late spring, as it is. We're now into May. What about those names out there? Mark Sessler, I'll start with you. Who intrigues you? I mean, who's out there? There's Dwight Freeney is available. He comes to mind. I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't uh, I didn't tell you to pull up your list of best still available free agents. But they are out there. Uh, hold on. Number one, I within five seconds of coming in here, I'm labeled as not especially an attractive guest no. for episode 150. Oh, boy, and I have a story for you. I have a story for you, as a matter of fact. And, and uh, stay tuned, everybody. The Around the League Debate Club is coming up at the end of this podcast. Dan Hanzoos, Mr. Fancy Pants, part two, I guess, um, because after you hear this story, you'll understand why. But he couldn't be here to spin with us now. But he'll come in to do his own precious little piece of the podcast. But continue, Sessler. Are you want a top free agent? Well, go ahead. If you want to, if you want to be upset well, no, for a I'm, moment, I'm go ahead. I'm over it. I need nothing. I'm over it. I'm happy just to join you. It's All right. a pleasure to You're see you You're a Browns again. guy. You're our representative here uh, for the Cleveland Browns sure. on this podcast. How do you feel about the uh, about the Browns draft there? Well, 
Now, am I wrong? Did you you picked for the Browns in the mock draft? Is that I did. Correct? Yes, and yes. You picked. I did. I was on. Oh yeah, I did, we didn't talk about that really, and I'd like to get into that. Was uh, oh, we talked we about it briefly. You know, we didn't talk about a bunch of things because our last podcast was twelve minutes. I apologize for that. <laughs> I feel like a heel. I blame Black Tie. I think we all can blame Black Tie for that one. And let's see how far we can stretch this one today. He's already Same giving us the raps. Well, I don't care what you and uh, was that Steve Smith who just no, that wasn't Steve Smith. That was Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin laying it down for us. Boy, those drafts. I mean, that whole lot. The NFC West is now officially loaded and, and, uh, and, and you know, it's it's running over. I, on all four teams, really. I know it wasn't the, the word that I heard a great deal of because there were the, all those uh, offensive linemen taken in the first round was it's unsexy. Like, it's the opposite of black tie, the way he loves to talk about Russell Wilson throwing a sexy deep ball. The draft, apparently, by uh, by the wordsmiths, was that it was unsexy because people don't like when offense. But that being said, I think they did a great job because Carson Palmer, of course, is going to have to be protected. I think that their pieces are now pretty interesting. Now, does that make them a contender? No, because they happen to be in the wrong division. And I've gone on record already as saying there will be three playoff teams from the NFC West in 2013. Hear me now, believe me later, the Rams are going to go to the playoffs. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I picked for the Browns. And who did I go? Oh, Deion Jordan fell to me there, number six. No such luck in reality for your Browns. Well, I thought you did a, a great job. I watched that in the I office. was browbeaten by Mayock and all the fancy pants out there. I don't know there. how anyone could browbeat you for – snatching up Deion Jordan at number six. The NFL actual general managers of teams thought enough to have him go number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they maybe they were watching that show and thought, like, wow, Damashek is high on this guy. Well, Let's my get favorite him. part was you extended our theory of Ryan Mallett. Yes, that was, that was part of the browbeating, was that I, well, this is all nonsense. Why are you get, going into all this foolishness if we're not going to, if, if the, the idea being, of course, that the Browns should have offered up a draft pick and maybe Brandon Whedon to the Patriots in exchange for Ryan Mallett. I brought that whole that chain of events, how you could make that so if you're the Browns, and I was poo-pooed mercilessly. Well, you know, listen, any man with, with a great idea that threatens mm-hmm. people's ideologies, that's who you are in a nutshell, and I feel like you were correct. I'm a regular, I'm, I'm, I'm the Jason Collins of uh, NFL podcasts, in other words. In many ways, in <laughs> yeah. many ways. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, well, that's the other division that's getting a lot of attention is the AFC North. A lot of praise being given to the to the Ravens drafting for need. They do have some guys that they will probably, from day one, have out on the field from the start of the season. The defending Super Bowl champs are going to have new pieces, but probably, I don't know about an upgrade from Ed Reed, but he's not. Ed Reed is no longer consistent, so maybe the youngster they get at safety, Matt Elam, steps right in there and is is at least uh, even Steven, and then uh, and then you go with the, uh, the kid out of um, K-State coming in and, and stepping in for Ray Lewis, of course. So that's good. The Steelers, a lot of people jazzed about this Javion Bell that they got out of Michigan State in round two, um, six foot one. The thing I, 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 the, I, I'm not somebody who's optimistic about the Steelers in 2013, but I will say one caveat is as the league goes towards pass, 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 and or continues to go in that direction, I have a hunch that the Steelers are going to go old school this year. You know, if they their defense is the X factor. If they can't stop anybody, you can't really do this. But I can see them with the pieces that they've got a young and talented offensive line. 
and David DeCastro, one year removed, a pulling guard and all that jazz, along with uh, Pouncey and the other pieces. I could see them just devastating on the ground in, in 2013. But, of course, the best team in the draft, as far as I'm concerned, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're now loaded. Uh, Eifert, Tyler Green, Jermaine Gresham, Mohamed Sanu don't sleep on. A good mm-hmm. offensive line and a, and a great defense with Mike Zimmer. That team might be the best. I know everybody's talking Broncos. Best team in the AFC right now, Rank? Why can't I think of anybody? I well, I, I, I'm trying. I just to, named I want, two. I just named the two that are probably the, still, the best. I, I'm still going to say the Ravens are the best. I'm just going to Ravens. If you're going to sit there and well, the say, Ravens weren't the best last year, except that they won the Super. Bowl. All right, fine. I understand. If you're going to say, but if you're going to assume that Eifert's going to come in and be able to start and, and be a stud, because even with these guys that they're drafting, you just never know. I mean, you're just assuming he's going to come well, in and play. I mean, but here's well, one thing. Here's I mean, one I, thing. Obviously, we're, we're all, all making assumptions in well, May. Well, here's one thing I can always assume, that whoever the Ravens draft is the right guy. Yeah, And will come true. in and start, and so they'll, they won't miss a beat. You know what? The Ravens are going to be younger now. They're going to have a two-tight end set. The Ravens, you know what? You, okay, if they weren't the best team last year, they'll probably be better than they were last year, this year. Wow, they don't have Anquan Bolden. And that's a big, that's a major loss for them. But I do, on the other hand, think Torrey Smith uh, elevates a little bit further than where he's been already. And Jacoby Jones. Nah, Jacoby Jones, the, just because he dances on TV. I know I know that uh, on the morning show they on the network, him. they loved it. Well, because they, they talk about dancing roughly two-thirds of every <laughs> right. show. Um, so that's why they're fond of him. But I don't know that that necessarily translates oh, into anything on the gridiron. Speaking of that morning show, you guys probably, if you are listening to this after Friday morning, please go back to NFL.com and dig up our segment that we did. On the NFL AM, our What'd Star Wars. We did a Star Wars segment oh, on NFL AM. Oh, excellent. All right. Yeah, well, Star so Wars we're... Day is coming. Is that it's Saturday? May 4th. All right, real quick. Let's go around the room here. Mm-hmm. Mark Sussler, best Star Wars. Oh, Empire Strikes Back. All right. Adam Rank. Empire. Empire. The correct answer is, in fact, Empire Strikes Back. All right, let's get into another list here real quick. But the a- but, Oh, I didn't ask you, Mark Sussler, most talented team in the a- or best team in the AFC. I have to go with the addition of Wes Welker. And what I think is the best quarterback in the AFC right now. Would you stop? The Broncos. Well, listen, last offseason I trashed the whole Manning comeback over and over, and mm-hmm. I was co- completely wrong. It was trendy to rip on the on the Ravens a month ago, and I think that that also is incorrect. They're going to be in contention. But, listen, I mean, the Denver was 13-3 and last season. I think Let me say a couple of things, first of all. Um, I think that the great benefit – uh, that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have really had for the almost the entirety of their respective careers. And I know that you can point at individual seasons and debunk this, but those are the exceptions that prove the overall rule, which is they have both been in bum divisions in for, in almost every season. So their teams are always getting the and, and listen, I'm not discrediting either one of them for going 12 and 4 or 13 and 3, but when you're in an easier division and you have let's say four cupcake games on your schedule every year, that's obviously going to be- benefit your playoff seeding. Not so in the AFC West, I don't think at this point, and not so in the AFC East anymore either. I think that now the Jets, all right, you know, we'll see what happens with Geno Smith and everything. And by the way, as a side note, shame on Geno Smith. This guy, his 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 professional melodrama with his managers and firing all of them to drag that into the proud New York Jets franchise is just uh, is just unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. But them aside. 
the Bills, I think, are very interesting. I mean, they are that you know, I really like their pieces on offense. I think they've quietly now added enough on defense that they're going to be interesting at least. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback exactly, but I bet you Kevin Cobb can get them by for, for half a season. I don't love the E.J. Manuel pick, but he doesn't have to start from day one, so that's that. And I right. also feel I Tavar- I, I I also feel Tavares Jackson has never really gotten a fair shake in the NFL, and maybe he'll, he'll be under center at the very start of the season. But then the Dolphins, the big story. Here's one of the big stories, I think. Here's one of my big predictions for 2013. Ryan Tannehill ascends to the, to the heavens this year. He was good last Last year, he would have been the MVP in most NFL seasons. He just happened to be in the all-time rookie QB class or one of the top, what, two or three all-time rookie QB classes. But now that they've given him some pieces there, I think he's going to be gangbusters. In Didn't his coaches say that, too, like yesterday? Today? Yes, Sherman oh, did. Yesterday, by yesterday, clear. I mean Wednesday, since we're taping on Thursday. Sherman oh, said that, right? Did he? Okay, well, yeah. see? Well, you're thinking Damn the way and Sherman. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Same page. The coach is saying that his quarterback's going to be really good? <laughs> Sherman. Well, well, listen, you know what? Sometimes that's not a good idea. Remember Rex Ryan uh, calling someone Sanchez? <laughs> that yes. didn't go so well. Um, neither did that headband on Mark Sanchez no. uh, when he went before the media um, what this week. The, what in the name of Sasha was that all about? In the name of Sasha. Sasha Vujacek? He yeah, said that, would that be, it was... That would be a good name for him, actually. Sasha would would suit Mark Sa- Sasha Sanchez. Sanchez said that it was his inner soccer player. Terrific. Great oh, stuff. For... Go play soccer. I, I'm speaking for Jets fans. Uh, by the way, I want to I wanna give due because I said the Ravens weren't the best team. But, Rank, you said it exactly right. And it can't be – I really feel like we should celebrate this a little bit. Is Ozzie Newsome? And company and our pal move the sticks. Daniel Jeremiah used to be an, uh, a scout for them. That organization. I wrote a thing. We you know there was a series of the thirty-two teams of the best and worst draft picks in franchise history, mm-hmm. and I wrote the one for the Ravens. And I pointed out their best, obviously. But I left. The, I did. I, I only did four bad draft picks because it was a reach to try and conjure a fifth one. They do. I, I left it vacant as a symbolic tip of the hat to Ozzie Newsom and company. Man, they do not screw drafts up. They, they, I mean, there are a couple out there. I mean, they, the, the, the irony is that the most important position, QB, they could never really land on, Kyle Bowler and so on. But that aside, and a significant, uh, you know, aside it is. Um, they eventually got it with Joe Flacco. All right, yeah, right. Well, he was on my good list, but I mean, it's amazing that uh, how how consistent they are they miss in with the draft. Kyle Bowler. It, it, as far as draft picks go, it wasn't really about that. They didn't really go out and get that uh, in the draft very often. When they finally did, it was Flacco. But I mean, because they they went for Bowler at what uh, ten or something like that. Something. I don't remember. He was their was. second. I wrote. Of- I should remember it, but um, anyway. All right, let's talk about this. Oh. Pittsburgh Penguins and the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. And you talk about great, savvy personnel guys. Ray Shiro, if you're an NHL fan or even if you're not, this is one of the – talk about unsung heroes. This guy is as good as it gets in the world of professional sports. Man, this guy is one savvy GM. He has that team loaded for bear. They don't have their best player, and they're one of their other uh, two or three best players gets hurt, Jimmy Neal, and they still go out and roll the New York Islanders in game one. NHL. You are officially <laughs> on notice. That team is going to be hard to beat as long as uh, their goalie stands up. I predict, a or the best thing the NHL could have is a Pittsburgh Penguins-Chicago Blackhawks final 
which means that you're almost certainly guaranteed an Ottawa Senators Anaheim Ducks final. Oh, how the dare one nobody you. cares about. That would nobody be so cares terrible. about it. All right, now let's no, talk about. No, real quick before you move on, just some more quick quarterback news. Christian Ponder and the Vikings already starting their, their off-season workouts. Christian Ponder, if you guys didn't know, it's pretty jacked. Let's put it out there. It's pretty he big is? Deal. Yeah, he is. We we were all watching him in the video room, all the dot-com producers watching him workouts, and he was doing the ropes, and you could only see from behind. And we're like, who is that? Is that a linebacker? And he turns it around, and it's Christian Ponder. So that was odd. Also, Michael Vick raced LaShawn McCoy in practice this week. Right. Beat him in a 40-yard dash. That doesn't surprise me. I don't know. I, I saw that on Twitter, people buzzing about that as though that was uh, a stunner. But when, when you watch like them tw- play. McCoy is, like, younger than me, and I'm young. And Vic you're, not, is about, you're not that young. I'm young. And Vic's about what thirty? Oh, I guess on that. Uh, I guess on that count, maybe you're right. But and, yeah, it just seems like why would if you asked me off the top of my head, I would have always gotten Vic there. Shady isn't about the speed. That's why he fell in the draft. Fair enough. He's it's shifty. A, it, but he's got the wiggle. That's he's what shifty. that. He's got the wiggle. You see, and he's and I know he's no Adrian Peterson, but uh, he is even Arian Foster. Well, that's a yeah. I, I I think if I had to choose, if I did, if I was an NFL GM, I would rather have Shady McCoy than Arian Foster. That would be uh, that would be my bold stance. Agreed. All right, Sessler, let's take a look at this top one hundred list here, and starting with number one hundred, Dennis Pitta. Guess what, world? Dennis Pitta is your one hundredth best NFL player. Who was it last year? Wasn't it uh, John Kuhn? Oh no, or John Kuhn was one behind t- Tony Romo. Was Tim Tebow? Wasn't it last year? Well, look how that worked out. Bad news, Dennis Pittis. You're in bad company there. Ominous. How is MJD at number 98? He was hurt? Yeah, I know. That seems like... Well, they made a big point of saying that's... A couple players came out and said that it's ridiculous that he's this low on the list. Right. Based on the injury, because over what he's done and who he is, they said he should be much higher. He was 12 the year before. He dropped 86 spots. Boy, I'll tell you, I see number 97, Heath Miller. I know that everybody is excited about Jarvis Jones and his playmaking ability, and it is an interesting point that uh, Jeremiah made on the podcast the other day, that you have in that region of the country, you have the Steelers who have had plenty of on-field success. They go get the guy who, in game action, was dynamite down in the SEC, Jarvis Jones, for Georgia. Meantime, the Browns, picks earlier than that, go and get Barkevius Mingo, Great name. I'll, you'll, you'll get no argument from me on, Par, on Barkevius Mingo. Maybe it's going to challenge DeBrickishaw Ferguson for best name when we do that list. But um, but he is a workout phenom and not all that productive in that same SEC. So that's how we're framing this? Well, that's how Jeremiah framed it, and that's how I will continue to frame it. How say you there? Well, I think that they uh, are going to take Mr. Mingo and plug him in as a uh, – situational pass rusher that will be tasked with turning Big Ben into a pile of rubble. Oh, well, all right. Your sass, <laughs> you know, you, listen, your sass aside, you, I, we'll see no, how that works this. out. You, we'll see if uh, Jarvis Jones does the same There to is a Brandon level Weed. of cockiness in May here about the Steelers that, me? that disturbs me to some Cockiness? Degree. I'm picking them for third at best, and I don't think well, they get a whiff of the playoffs. I do like the idea of them trying to pound the ball a little bit. Who do you pick bit. fourth in that division? <laughs> always, always. <laughs> Oh, listen, the Steelers could absolutely finish fourth in that division. There's, I mean, the, we know that the Bra- – I, I, listen, the Bengals are going to win that division. You can make a case for the Ravens, but I don't think the bot- the two bottom teams are going to get a whiff of the top of that thing there. Troy Palomalu you know at 91. You, you talk about what Daniel Jeremiah was, was saying where the Steelers make the, the – maybe the, the safer pick and the Browns are shooting for this guy. 
Same thing here at the bank. Like, I'm not going to trust the Bengals. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and be like, yep, I'll rubber stamp the Bengals. Because the history of the Bengals over the Marvin Lewis era is good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Where the Ravens, good years all the way across. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be right. handicapping the NFC, AFC North right now, I do it's like, the Ravens, even though right. Jay Gruden seemed in play calling to, to lose his way in the last month of the season, overall, he's proven himself to be pretty savvy. And then Mike Zimmer, as we've Wait, talked about. Jay Gruden in the Arena League? You've been studying what he's... What do you mean? He's their offensive coordinator. I know. Jay... Oh, 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 I thought you were saying, like, oh, no, he, he he's head coach of uh, the Orlando whatever's now. No, no, I thought, no, like, no, wow, that's where it came from. Did it... Well, that's embarrassing. I <laughs> thought he was the offensive coordinator. Wait, so, Sheck, you, you really believe in Andy Dalton. Obviously, No, I, it's funny. I feel like... It, it, it's ironic almost, and I don't think uh, Carson Palmer is the greatest quarterback in the history of the world or anything, but uh, I, I do think that maybe he is the one piece that could have put them into play into the Super Bowl. Imagine Carson Palmer. If all things were equal and you put Carson Palmer on that team, you would feel better about them than you do with Andy Dalton, and it's no small piece, like we say, who your quarterback is, and I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now we're talking about, wow, the Bengals just had to do something at quarterback. That's why they went and drafted blank. Um, but, you know, it's sort of like Rank always talks about back in the 80s. He always points out that the 21 uh, out of the 22 guys out on the field, the Rams had the 49ers beat in terms of uh, positional strength, except at the quarterback, they had Joe Montana. The Rams had Dieter Brock. Yes, that was about as organic <laughs> as it can possibly get. Am I right? That was pretty strong. That's, I deserve two on that one. That's the By best the way, way, I did a Dieter Brock drop on Adam Carolla's uh, podcast the other day. A lot of people on Twitter weighing in that I deserve credit for it. How say you? No. I agree. I'll, I don't think I'll you drop, can do it. Every time I go on NFL AM, I'll just, just start dropping Dieter Brock for no reason. Yeah, what's the difference? So so Tiger Tiger Woods goes out and shoots a, shoots a 58, so what? Who's yeah, it against? It's meaningless. He's doing it at Cypress Golf Course as opposed to Augusta. I yeah, mean, what's you know. the difference? It's, it's, uh, if you're competing only against yourself, then, then it has no value. But that one counts, that Dieter Brock drop. All right. So I think that... Um, Carson Palmer and uh, and and those guys. Uh, I mean, I think if you put Carson Palmer on that team, I do have I do have serious questions about Andy Dalton. But I also think I'll stand by what I always say: the offensive line, the protection a pro QB gets, is the most important element beyond quality receivers and everything else. He if he can stand back there and hold the ball for a second and look things over. Now he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of weapons out on the field now. You know, I, I, I you know between Gresham and that middle of the field attacking the middle of the field for the last two years. We you know all the X's and O's guys will tell us over and over again that's where the action's at now, especially with the safety's inability to come up and club these guys now as they go over the middle. And you've got big receivers now with Sanu, who's a guy who if he hadn't gotten hurt was having a really Nice little rookie season as he moves on into his sophomore year. Boy, they seem loaded. Oh, and Giovanni Bernard out of UNC. What a nice change of back he is. They could really be dynamite. Anyway, back to uh, back to where this list is. How is Jacoby Jones at number eighty-eight? That's the one that I that that uh, I give the red flag to. How say you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 like we were just talking about with him. I think he had the kind of season that's an attention-getting season. But again, these players voted for this. Mm-hmm. That's where I get baffled. I don't know how, how he's sitting there at 88. Jacoby Jones is 88. 
He's Bolden. ahead of Percy Harvin. Anquan Bolden is 93. That, that is an outrage. I know, no listen, sense. I know Jacoby Jones had made, I, you know what, as I play devil's advocate to myself, devil's Damashek, I feel like um, Jacoby Jones did make a season-changing play. If you look at the Heinz Field game, when, um, when Byron Leftwich hurt himself, he broke his own rib and played crummy the rest of the way. Their touchdown was uh, was the punt return by Jacoby Jones. If they don't get that, they don't make the playoffs. Oh my! You know who knows how the rest of the season goes. But they lose that game, and then they lose the game in Baltimore. That team wouldn't have been in the playoffs. So I guess you can make some. So case. you're saying he's getting some love as a returner as well. I think. Well, that's yeah. what it's got to be Must about. Be. But also, I do think that 20 years from now, when when there's one play shown from from this last Super Bowl, it will be the Jacoby Jones play. That play didn't get enough attention. I didn't feel like in the ensuing days that was a. That was that is going to live on as one of the top ten most iconic Super Bowl plays. I feel like I don't know. I don't di- think- he, he catches that ball and he falls down. Then he gets back up and he jukes the guy and he's spinning and outruns the other guy to the end zone. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. What do you want me to add? I don't want yes. you to add anything. I'm just saying. I, you know, I, I'm the one. I, you know, I'm like that was awesome. I felt like is... a little Chris Farley in the elevator standing next to the celebrity. <laughs> Remember when you did that? Yeah. That was cool, man. What is the most iconic moment in Super Bowl history? I would say the 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 most. I- iconic or significant? I mean, iconic, it's hard to argue with uh, in the top five, whether it deserves to be or not, the Lynn Swan catch at midfield in Super Bowl Ten. Although Lynn Swan himself will tell you that wasn't close to his best catch that day. He should have caught it clean, but because he didn't, it's that juggling, slow motion, NFL film, oh, did- loveliness. But it, it well, you know. Did I tell you that I walked past Lynn Swan in New York? No. And it's, it's so weird because you don't know if you should be approaching these guys or not. Mm-hmm. Like Probably just- you shouldn't. No, I, that's what I did. I decided not to. But you walk up, you're like, hey, Lin Swan. And they're like, oh, how should I react to that? Like, just keep moving. I saw him in front of the AFC title game in January of 05 against the Patriots when the Steelers were 15-1. and one, mm-hmm. And uh, the Patriots were going for, what, their third crown in four years or something like that. And I stopped and shook his hand and asked him what he thought. And he was pretty dismissive and... It was another dream dashed. Never meet your legends. That's the worst. Don't meet your legends. Do you you go up to him and say, hey, I loved you in the program? (laughs) I didn't do that. Maybe that would have uh, elicited. I had a similar experience with him. I got three minutes to interview with him, and he looked at me like each of the questions I asked, which were very sound Steelers-related questions, nothing off the grid, that I I just wasted his time. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm not, you know, he's an icon to you. To me, yeah. he's just another man. Franco gave See, me the hi-hat, too, when I met him in New Orleans this year. I say you meet the people you don't like. That's what's happened with meeting all these Ravens, one after that, the other. They're nice guys. What am are. I supposed to do? That's the worst. Like I, met, I don't uh, like it. I met Phil Sims over uh, at the behind, the behind the stage there at the mm-hmm. uh, Radio City Music Hall. Delightful. And really? he, gave, he gave some words of wisdom and everything. He and did? Like, yeah. I, I he don't. said hello to me as well. Like, was what, was so, the, what were his words of wisdom? He was so nice because we were trying to frame a shot with him and, and uh, Joe Namath. And mm-hmm. I said, well, don't worry if I'm in it or not. Make sure these two guys are in it. And he read, Adam, always be on camera. Never take that dismissive attitude. It's important. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he's like, always, always get your face. And then, you know, we talked a little bit afterwards. And it was delightful. And I'm like, wow, I really wanted to hate you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, you still can. Wow! So, so it was like, and then he was, was even more. And like, now you've now you've endeared yourself even more to me. 
Who did they think? Wonder, but when people see that photograph of Phil Sims, mm-hmm. Broadway Joe, and do they think you're Bruce Grudkowski or, or Tim Hasselbeck or who <laughs> do they be, think you yes. are? Tim Hasselbeck there. The hefty lefty from uh, Kentucky. What was his name? Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, Jared Lorenzen. But you're, Actually, you're uh, slim now, so listen, we can't make those jokes. And again, I encourage you, nay demand, you gain the weight back for the sake of our jokes here on the show. We <laughs> like you fat. Well, listen, if you keep trending up as you've been doing for recent I'm weeks, not we trending just, up, so don't say trans- what you want. I'm not trending up in any way, shape, or form. I happen to look terrific. Now are listen. You? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. The man in the mirror says so. Look, what are you looking at? There's no, there's no gut. There's no gut. Look at that. Is that gut? Yes. All right. Maybe there's a little bit. Look, I enjoy my it, beer. I'm not going to apologize to you. Is it called now, the muffin top? I want to tell. I want to tell Mark Sessler something like before fry, we get back. Saute it. <laughs> what was that? Demarcus Weir talking about different ways on the podcast last summer talking Team about food. different ways to prepare a chicken. All right, I'm not going to argue with Demarcus Ware about uh, eating chicken. I like to eat food. It's one of my passions. I Did you? It. I can fry. Yeah. Saute it. You do know. <laughs> do, have I ever talked about my passions? I think it's a need to like pull back the curtain never, a little bit. Never have. You my never passions include eating food. Mm-hmm. Right. I like uh, I like drinking booze, <laughs> and um, I like to enjoy things. Those are my passions. Down the shack, down the shack. His best friend is his TV set. Oh yeah, how could I hi hat the TV? TV is also one of my passions. Now listen, but TV is really my best. Sorry, that was a bit loud. My bad. All right. Now listen, Sessler, I want to tell you a story, and I want to see how you react to this. Rank, you weren't there for this, I don't think. I think you. Oh yeah, you. you, The last day, the draft is wrapped up. Dave, day three in Radio City is done for, and you know, on one side of the hall, you can see. Chris Berman and his pals over there, glad-handing, patting themselves on the back. Actually, he was long gone by day three. Mm -hmm. But he did. Chris Berman did walk past me, and for the brief time he was within earshot. As he's walking by, he's a large man, and he has a lot of he has a lot of people walking with him wherever he goes. You know, he has like three or four people at any given time working on that uh, that nest thing that he has on top of his head, and you know all these people, all these yes men around him. And as he walks through, he says the same thing. Just in the time that I hear him, five times he says uh, aloha. He says to everybody, aloha. I hear there's a draft today, and every time his hangers on laughed loudly. And I felt bad for them. I felt like, well, this this is their lot in life, that what they have those, to laugh at stuff all, all the time. And one of those guys probably went to Columbia or Brown or something. Yeah. Like, this is this is what my life has become. If you hang out with Brad Pitt and you have to respond to everything he does, and like, it's like, oh, well, I'm hanging out with Brad Pitt. That's kind of cool or something. But if you're hanging out with him, you're like, what, what's become of my life? That this is what I have to yeah. do. You know, teach, teach. Uh, there's Brad Pitt. There's George Clooney. There's uh, Jared Let Look. There are a lot of good-looking fellows. But Tom Jackson, I don't even know where I'm going. So anyway, <laughs> but you always Jared Leto right there. Yeah, I was I, I was searching for I was searching for a third handsome guy. For some reason, I couldn't conjure anyone outside of Jared Leto. But you always like to say, like you know, when you've reached low moments in your life, this is not why Mo Damashek and and your father made love. Yeah, this was so this was in ago. fact this was a good opportunity to look and say at least I'm not that. You know, it's like kind of like that's why I like watching uh, The Bachelor or yeah, or The Bachelorette and looking at the twenty. 20- 
flukes that are out there like i'm here for the right reasons and i want to meet somebody and everything I'm like well at least i'm not that guy you know I, at least uh, that's not me is there so, any is there ever anybody in one of those shows who's on like the bachelorette who's just behind the scenes like oh, i'm just here to mess around I am here to Apparently, be Apparently, no. I don't know if there's any, any wiseacre there, but there are definitely people on that show that, that are... I've spoken with people who have been The Bachelor mm-hmm. and uh, who, who really, their ambition is knocking as many down as they can, if you know what I'm saying. Was and, Jesse and in Palmer? Fact, do. <laughs> Jesse Palmer, one of them? I'll tell that story at another date because I want to tell Sessler a good story right now. You ever watch Baggage? Baggage? Yeah. Baggage. Hosted no. by Jerry Springer? No. Okay. No. You know what? You have time I, for baggage, <laughs> no, but you don't have time for no, Empire relax. Strikes Back? Relax. I don't watch it. I ran into it one day when my mm-hmm. mom was visiting, mm-hmm. and guess who was on the show as the male contestant? Who? Elliot Harrison. Day. E.H. No, it's Elliot. not true. Very true. That is Wait, not true. really? Very true, This yes. is a current television show? Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Elliot Harrison. How are we just Of out? NFL oh Fantasy Live. Yes. And his power ranking business. Yes. yes. He's, he's one of our favorites here on the podcast. Was a contestant on a dating show. Yep. He was basically like the bachelor for the show. It's a 30 minute show. And oh, then my goodness. There's three female contestants. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For a my night, heart like a is date. a flutter. Oh, my goodness, this get... is going to be great. Let's wait. we got to get our ducks in a row first. Let's not make any moves right now. Let's not do anything rash. We, no one's listening to this podcast. we got to figure out what we're going to do to attack this just right with Elliot Harrison. Boy, time's a ticking. No, because by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be too late. Someone will tweet Elliot and let him know that we oh, know no. now. Oh, no, don't do that. I know. Don't, yeah. Listen, if you're a friend... If you're a member of the Czech Republic and or the rank amateurs, or if you're uh, around the league flame, do not go. <laughs> do the right thing. Do not alert Elliot to this news because that we now know this because we got to come up with something good. <laughs> He's on a this dating is, show. How is, humiliating. This has to be like a sixth sense level secret. Yes. Nobody give up what we've talked hush, about. Hush, hush is the word. Now, Mark Sessler, talking about people on the outside. Here, so... The draft is over, and Rich Eisen comes down off of his perch with all the with all the fancy pants up there, and it was neat because some English guys, a couple of brothers, who flew in, I they they stopped me, and I was I I gave them some cookies because they recognized me in public and loudly acknowledged that fact. And whenever that happens, I try to reward people, and there happened to be some cookies nearby, and so I I gave them these cookies, and it turns out they flew in. Just for the NFL draft. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, to a couple of Giants fans, and their names escape me right now. I apologize for that. But it was very cool and um, that, that you would traverse the Atlantic Ocean for, for these three days to enjoy the action. And then they said, and one of them had on Rich Eisen's T-shirt. You know, he loves his, uh, he loves his cause. Punters are people, too. The one guy had that T-shirt on, so they were anxious to meet Eisen. So I pulled them over. I got him in b- under the velvet rope. And next thing they, you, you knew, they're glad handing with uh, with uh, Mr. Big Shot Eisen. So we're all kibitzing, whatever, winding things up, and we walk out. It's me, Eisen, and Dan Hanzus as we make our way from inside into the sinking sun of uh, of Saturday evening in a lovely New York City. What a what a time there! I, I'll, that's that's old news though. That New York's nice, so we don't need to wax about it. But it, so we walk out into it, and just as we emerge, so too do Chris Mortensen, Adam Schefter, 
uh, Todd uh, McShay, and Mel Kuyper. And Eisen, being a gentleman, doesn't know, I guess he didn't know Hans, doesn't know Hanzus's name proper. Maybe he does, but he says, hey, uh, Chris Mortensen, glad handing. Hey, do you know Dave Damashek, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'd say hello to him, very nice. We turn, Hanzus and I, as they're talking directly behind us and walking down the street, and a guy stops me and says, Dave Damashek, I listen to your podcast all the time. Oh, it's a great show, whatever. I do it when I'm studying. How else would I pass the time? Which is really a backhanded slap that you need something background noise. That's what we are, is background noise to this studier. Now, the more I think about it, I don't appreciate it, but all right. So well, you know what? As a, as a mem- message to that guy, get back to work. Yeah. You got. Where you do you think to- you're going in life listening to this hokum while you're trying to do your studies? You got three chapters to read tonight. Now, put this down. <laughs> this isn't helping anything. So listen. So we walk. He stops me. He's a fan of the podcast, so on and so forth. I say, oh, and this is all within earshot of those guys, you know, walking behind us. And so I say, well, if you listen to the podcast, then, of course, you know. And as I start to say his name, this guy interrupts me and says, oh, it's Dan Hanzoos. Hanzoos was over the moon. I, I, <laughs> I don't mind telling you. It was his brush with it was his first brush with, uh, you know, with with recognition from, from a fan from a fan. A fan acknowledged him and told him he enjoyed his work and loved the Around the League debate club and asked after it. And the only thing he didn't ask after was uh, Mr. Fancy Pants Mark Sessler. How well, say I you? Think I How say you? I would have probably handled the situation a little bit more professionally. How so? What does that mean? Well, well you did, you saw How it. did he not handle it professionally? Uh, what did he yeah. do wrong? Wait, that was Saturday night, right? Yeah. And then so Saturday night begat Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And Hansus did not go to bed. I don't want to interrupt this because I know that Hansus aims to talk about this on the Around the League Debate yeah, Club. Yeah, so here, I guess but what I know about what unfolded after this in the afterglow of this it wasn't run good. in. Yeah, it was apparently I, I, there was quite a glow yeah. of some sort because when I saw Hansus in the airport in very early hours of Sunday, he was wearing sunglasses, which I pointed out to him from across the security line because he was about uh, three dozen people ahead of me. So I shouted to him, you know, hey, you're inside. You don't need the shades anymore. But he kept them on, <laughs> even well, on the plane. Yeah, he was he was not in great shape. I don't I think he slept a lot. I think he was he, his heart was soaring with this little brush so much so he couldn't even fall asleep. You know, I that's the only hypothesis I have. Of course, that he couldn't sleep because he was so enthused. Back to about my point. It. All right, I would have handled that professionally. <laughs> you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have shown up at the airport in the state that Hanzoos did. You wouldn't have sent a text message at our flight took off at 8.30. Sent a text message at 7. Hey, what what airport are we taking? JFK? <laughs> hey, what airport did we come in on? JFK, yes, that's the one. He's a New Yorker, that hand Zeus. Um, so, yes, him. so it was very nice. So it was, a, it was a great time. We missed you quite a bit there. Uh, what was the name? most yeah, underrated like <laughs> site that you saw that you would take for granted that you were delighted in, which you probably should have no business delighting in? Dan Hanzu slumped over in his seat at about 8 a.m. on the flight on Sunday morning, seated next to reality TV star from the hills, Whitney Port. Yes. That was that was that quite was a, a sight. That was the sight. <laughs> Directly next to her. <laughs> she got Dirty 30E. Remember when we used to do uh, that? Yes. We used to. We got to get back to that black tie. It's these little hypotheticals of because it was inspired by last fall, I think it was. I was on an airplane with Sinbad, Tom Green, (laughs) and Rob Zombie. They were all three on my flight. Two were in first class. One was not only in coach, 
but he was in the middle seat. Dirty 30E is the seat he was in. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it was? Have we played this game before? No, I've got to go Sinbad. You Why think would, Sinbad? Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Why Sinbad? Sinbad's got the syndication money, boy. He's, he's got the he, he he's in that he was in um I'm what was that show with my cook? answer. I'm different sure world. Wrong, he was in different he's, world. He's still doing very well in stand up too. Mm-hmm. He yeah. gets booked everywhere. So How you're about wrong. Rob Zombie then. It's but Rob I mean, Zombie. But he's a director. It was Rob Zombie, but I thought he was I mean Tom Green gets first class and and Rob Zombie's in Dirty 30E all tatted up with that head of hair and everything. No dignity. Hell, May as well like- be following Chris Berman around laughing at his uh, his cracks. Now listen. I want to get back to this because it's better. You know, people like to play that game of like, oh, there are three guys. You get to marry one and kill one and do something else with the, with the other one. I like this one because it's more rigid. You know, you have to kiss somebody, even if you don't like them, into first class. Tom Green, wow, well, he's bad, but he's not as bad. We did it last year with QBs. We did it with like, didn't we do it? Sanchez, Kevin Cobb, Tony Romo, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, who yeah. gets dirty 30E out of that trio. Come up with one now, Black, black, black Tie. Uh, it's a tough one. Now let's go. Oh, point guards. Sorry, NBA okay, playoffs. Okay, great. Let's do NBA that. playoffs. NBA That's point fun. guards. Conversation I've been having. Rajon Rondo. Okay. Steph Curry. Kyrie Irving. Who gets first class? Who gets thirty thirty? Whoa, good for you, Black Tie. That's wow. a tough one. He's not known for thinking on his feet. That no, was, indeed, <laughs> or was, at all, for that matter. That was but, actually pretty good. Um. All right. So so Rondo Irving. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Wow. Boy, oh boy. Um, I love Irving. Um, I wonder if Steph Curry, although, man, he's really emerging as a legit, I, you know, he's always felt two-dimensional to me, that, the, that there are ways to take him away a little bit. But, man, there's just nothing they can do to silence him right now. I'm going to go to you, Mark Cecil. You start us off. Um, it's a three-sided coin for me. I'm going to well, go. You can't uh, do that. You have to choose one to go in dirty 30. I'm going Rondo. Rondo. Rank. I'll yeah, say Rondo. You. Getting, getting coach Rondo. Black tie. I go to Rondo. Um, at, end of the day, this game is about buckets, and he doesn't get buckets on his own. <laughs> I like he when Black six. tie lays down what it's <laughs> about. He's what been, it's all about at the was, end of the day. He was the game will always the, be about buckets, so. All right. He was That's true. You do have day. to score. You do have to score. <laughs> That's right. That's the best thing. Most people, I can't just put that on black type. People ask questions that are mind benders just so they can tell you what the what their answer is. This I game. do it all the time. This game's about. I buckets. got another random question, but it's not part of the game. But whenever you guys want me to ask this, random I question. like random questions. Right. So are we done talking about the top one hundred? Yep. Logan Mankins at number eighty two. Colin Kaepernick <laughs> at eighty one. I don't know how you have eighty players in twenty twelve that were more significant than Colin Kaepernick. That seems. Or going into 2013, do an NFL draft right now, and if if Colin Kaepernick goes 81, I will shake Mark Sessler's That's hand. ridiculous, in <laughs> fact, right? That's a, that's absurd to say that Colin Kaepernick is the 81st most. I mean, what what is this a list of? Is well, value that's why this and, list doesn't have a lot of value to me because it's you'd put him 18, flip those numbers. Where's our vote? We're the we're the people. We're the ones who understand it. You Only know what that show needs? I've said it before. Rank and I, they gave us they gave us a precious three minutes to share last year yeah. on that show. And then they jam us in in some weird conversation. And then they want us to crack wise and stuff. Listen, what you need is a dissenting opinion. You need these players to be told what is. I'm. You know what? 
Get Commissioner Goodell on so the line. So you're done with the list for the week? I want Commissioner Goodell on the line, A-S-A-N-P. I'm going right. to tell him how it needs to be from here out. All right. Can now, I get to the random question now? I'd like that. All right. So which, I was thinking about this today. I had no idea how it popped into my head. Doing breakfast. Which color has the best food group? Like which color? Like mm. yellow, green, brown? Which color? I like, understand what colors are. Yeah, um, I'm just saying. I like that he had Atlanta. <laughs> we got purple. No, I'm just yellow. Um, green. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's pink, you know. Because like pink green, is a color. My, my vote is for yellow, by the way, Bird guys. sienna is a green color. Green is an egg. Yeah, just think oh, about dude. that Crayola box. But think of the big one, because you don't want to miss it. Okay. Silver's a color. Silver. Although there's not a lot of silver food. So I'm going <laughs> no, 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 to rule out silver. The McDonald's hamburger. Are you serious? <laughs> can't uh, be serious. All right, you know what, Black Tie? Since this is on your brain, why don't you tell us first? Let's start with you. I got to go with yellow. It has the mo- most groups and probably the, you know. Yellow? The, yeah. You can go Name eggs. one. Go eggs. Eggs, okay. Mm-hmm. Scramble. Scramble. Scramble, yeah. Go or corn. a sunny side up has some yellow to it, of course. Or yeah. hard, well, obviously, okay, you're right. Unless you go egg white, every egg, by everything that has egg in it, by mm-hmm. definition, has some yellow to it. Okay. You can go corn. Okay. So that means corn. Or you should go corn. Yeah. Corn you're tortilla doing. chips. It's mm. a good one. Corn go bread. cheese. You know Jeez. where there's a lot of yellow? You ever have Ethiopian food or Indian food? Yep. Either, there's a lot, a lot of yellow, a lot of earth lot of tones curry. in those. Yeah, I'm a big Indian food guy. I love that. Yeah, yeah I love you say, that. I'm not going there. Yellow? Um, we all know how you don't like to eat the yellow from eggs. And let's not go there again. No, I don't like eating wow, them that... hard-boiled. You're wrong, <laughs> though. Was... I do like I do like a sunny side up. I love breaking the egg all over. I like a poached egg with it soft in the middle. I like that. I just don't like... It in a hard-boiled egg. That's all. An interesting... Uh, a damashek is an onion that, as you peel away, it becomes <laughs> right. more fascinating. No, with nothing each. less. No. There's a yellow onion, Actually, although I... it's not really yellow. So we can't... we can't Name, you can't involve. Bananas. Bananas are bananas yellow. Are no, bananas are white. On the uh, inside, but I think we're gonna, I'm going to allow yellow. Gotta go, I got go to. skin color. Can I tell you another one? I don't even like your idea of yellow, and now I'm starting to enjoy it. Yellow now, is as good as You know what's a good whoa, one? Whoa, whoa. Coconut cream pie. Coconut cream pie is yellow. The custard. Custard is oh, yellow. What a, so if you're if you're going to go steak. I'm going. That's I was going to say. But it may not please you. you no one would want this to be true, but the correct. But I think the correct answer is brown. It is the correct answer. Hamburger, steak, ribs, done beans, well cooked. Wait, 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 wait. Is it how it turns out when you're finished cooking it, or the way it starts? If as to share, as to share, as it's prepared. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the final product. Well, then banana would not count. No, no, because you can eat bananas as is. You can eat the the skin. You can not with the skin, but I mean as is, as is. Wait, just an FYI, meat. Yeah, is gray. What do you mean it's gray? They add colorants to it to make it look I'm not counting it. I'm talking about what I see. And don't start planting that nonsense in my head or it's going to repel me further. That's true, though. Brown. So there's no blue food except for blueberries. Blue blue tortilla chips. All right. So blue is not in the consider. I think that's how you have to do it. Okay. Green, a lot of green, yeah. asparagus, but none of it. That would never win for any reasonable human being. Only only people who have problems doing too much yoga and such would, would choose green, right? Who would ever vote for green? You got a mint chocolate chip. You got mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's white. That's Jalapenos? The best, that, no. That's the best flavor ice cream. 
No, the white version of mint and chip is better than the green version. I think that's your eyeballs playing tricks on your on your palate. I I, I but I do like the Briar's white mint chocolate chip. It's delicious. <laughs> I like it. I'm just telling you, I was reared on the green, so I'm not going to denounce green. I don't like green candies. I don't like the green candies because they're, oh, well, if they're Wait, green apple, I like them. Green the green apple. apple Jolly Ranchers are among the very best of Jolly Ooh, that's, Rancher flavors. That's... But the lime, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again now. Just indulge me. I admire what, if you push the envelope. I think that here's here's a great case of what pushing the envelope can gain you in life. Don't just settle. Never settle, you know? The Starburst people. Back in the 70s when I was a lad, they unveil a new candy, which doesn't happen that much, that succeeds, you know, for 30, 40 years like it has. Starburst come out. Four simple flavors. This isn't one of those ones we're throwing the kitchen sink at you. We're giving you four fruit flavors. They gave us strawberry. They gave us orange. They gave us lemon. They gave us lime. I can I, it, I can fry it, saute it. Right. You say tomato, I say tomato, DeMarcus Ware. I would eat them all. But it occurred to me, you know, if I had my druthers, do we need the lemon and lime? You're only giving us four flavors, and two of them are lemon and lime, which to me are six of one, half dozen of the other. They saw the same thing in the Starburst Labs. They decided, you know what, we're doing well with Starburst, but it could be even better for the consumer. So they removed the lime, and they replaced it with cherry. Now you take a very good candy into the the very top of the great fruit-flavored candies that the world has ever known. I tip my hat to them. But more and more, the green candies are now being gre- are being devoted to green apple flavor rather than lime because I think the world agrees with me. We don't like lime. I was a trailblazer. My taste buds were trailblazers back then. So green, you got asparagus. I like a nice Caesar salad. That could be very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but brown has milk chocolate when you're talking about candy. Which is a big Ooh, trump card. Choc- yeah, chocolate everything. Chocolate everything. everything chocolate. Well, that's, that's the end of the story. Chocolate everything. Yeah, that's the end. that might be it. How can Never. you lose then? That You can't yep. lose that one. Although green has pistachios. They're very nice. But you get peanuts with brown. <laughs> yeah. But if I had to do a nut list, well, I don't want to get into a nut list. Boy, we're, we're, I mean, this is, I can't believe, Black Tie, what you've done. You've opened up whatever the opposite of Pandora's box is. This is delightful box of the, we can go on and on and this, on this is more a black tie that i would like to see yeah where Actually is this black producing can you pay attention all the time see what what can happen do you see how you push the envelope yeah i could sit here and be a lime starburst but you know what i'm gonna be a cherry starburst today yeah. do you i'm see in a what good mood i'm in a good mood today it's oh, i terrific. think it's i think it's more frustrating because now we can see how good black tie could be mm-hmm. if he was motivated it's sort of like what jerry jones was saying about tony romo the other day i want you to push yourself that's that's what he's saying. You know, look, we're happy. We're happy with the results, mm-hmm. but we want to be happier. We this all want to uh, get to the same point. Can't wait to get you out here to be a part of these Dallas Cowboys. That's actually Terrence Newman <laughs> pretending to be Jerry Jones. All right. Sessler, do you have anything to add to this? I I initially said brown. Right oh, you did say br- yeah. oh, you did say brown. And okay. I also cited a piece of toast that's been well cooked. Oh, that's true. I'm and how about this? So. Cinnamon is brown. So, con- oh, so we're going condiments, too. What do you Wait, mean? Well, which is an argument. Brown well, red. What does red have if it doesn't have ketchup and apples? Salsa. 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 Red's very well, good. Well, sort of a condiment. But There's not. no orange food besides an orange. Glazed pork belly. 
for red. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah. Red meat. I mean, meat is yeah. occasionally uh, I guess so. If, if you like it rare, then, yeah, you're going to do that. Tuna. Tuna is rare. Ooh, salmon is orange. That's very good. But, I mean, again, we're just listing <laughs> things salmon that are. Salmon is salmon, right? Isn't that the color? It's more salmon than orange. Well, I mean, in, in that way, I think we should hail salmon for, or maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're treading on, or- well, there is no big orange to contend with, I guess. No color really has representation like that, you know, to push their agenda. So blueberry's the worst. I mean, blue is the worst color of the major colors, right? Very Definitely. limited. Yeah. Because I've said this before, and I'm going to tell you now again, there are only three primary colors and they are, of course, uh, blue, red, and yellow. But green, When I, if, you, if you have kids, you know that standardly every toy for those things, they put them in bright colors. Green is always there. You know, it's all, there's never a toy that doesn't have green. It's never just the three primaries. It's always those four. And yet I feel bad for green. It's sort of like in Game of Thrones in the Stark house that there's the one kid who's the bastard son but he's treated like a son, but he still always is the bastard. I feel like green is the bastard Jon of the Snow. primary colors. What? Jon Snow, you mean. That's his name. Is it? I'm, you <laughs> know what? I'm just now, I'm about a season and a half into Game of Thrones, so no spoiler alerts. But but I think there's some merit in that uh, in that analogy. Weird thing about red, even though it doesn't have a lot on its plate as far as a discussion we're having now, it's the one color that's mostly used to attract consumers to food. Like if you think of most like fast food joints, a lot of restaurants are you always are you, a lot of red. Is this is this your observation? This or is my you're... observation, but it's also oh, so a there's fact. no merit like, in it. Whatsoever. Oh yeah, it's a fact. But if you think about a lot of these restaurants, and Arby's like billboards, roast beef is brown. I mean, listen, well, brown's it, right? I mean, we can throw it yellow. I'm yellow saying more is... of the merchandise, the merchandise, like the actual store, like the actual restaurant, the colors. The marketing. Like, yeah, exactly. It's so right. yellow yellow is the 94 San Diego Chargers getting to the Super Bowl improbably. It's a great story, <laughs> but the but brown is the San Francisco 49ers of the same year. I mean, no the yellow, yellow gets what for when, when in a showdown with brown. I mean, brown's going to win. All meats... I mean, all, all beef and all chocolate, done and done, plus beans, as, as Rank points out. All right, listen, <laughs> we've, co- we've covered a lot. We've covered, I, I think we've covered everything. I don't know what else there is to even talk Red about. Oh, I got a shout-out. Huh? Oh, I do want a shout-out. I also want to say a, a shout-out, uh, two things real quick, because Rank is a, or three things real quick, because Rank is a, an L.A. sports fan. I want to say a few things to you. First of all, your Lakers are an embarrassment. Eh. And I think, no, don't don't am me. That was an embarrassment what they did this year. And now it's all done. And the fact that they snuck into the playoffs does not excuse what they did. And this hokum about that has that, that as soon as the season ended or even before it had ended, the, the conversation quickly turned to, well, if we'd been healthy, everything would have been different. Yeah, you had a backcourt uh, with a combined age of, uh, of 70. So what did you think was going to happen when you started the season that you would have injuries? I remember and, you saying that when the season started, that they're going to be injured a ton. I said that that's a legitimate threat. What do you mean? You never said anything like that. What did I say? I don't know what you said. I usually tune it <laughs> you out. You can't really throw it whenever, at me. So, but whenever you whatever happened, it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment what happened with them, and you can't uh, denounce it. And Kobe Bryant, I mean, listen, obviously he wants, because he's got a bum Achilles and is never going to be the same player at this age, he's never going to play the way he played the way he was playing three weeks ago. 
again, so of course it behooves him for the Lakers to come back exactly as they were constituted this season. But if Mitch Kupchak and company do something like that, then they are not nearly as savvy as I have given them credit for being over the years. There's no way they would ever bring back that group of people. And I predict Dwight Howard bails, as he should. I would not want to be around this toxic environment that he's that he's now been sucked into. And, and unfairly, as far as I, that's what I have been consistent on all season. That was, He was unfairly cast as the reason why the team isn't good. I think that he was just put into a bad position. But that's one thing. Next, talk about an embarrassment, <laughs> your halos. Mm-hmm. My goodness, how can they stink so bad with that many stars on their team? Oh, no. It's Another star-studded team that stinks. Still, it's the beginning of May. Look I'm at not Ryan. even concerned. I love how uh, Ryan, not, Ryan, just, Ryan just gives up. He just stonewalls. He doesn't want to talk about what it. What do you so want just, me to what say? Do I, uh, what am they, I going to do? They're they're not, what do you want? I mean, I don't know. A team like the Pittsburgh Penguins has a lot of stars on it. doesn't seem to keep them from achieving what they should achieve, sure, which is right. dominance. Yeah, they're, they're playing well. And then what about your Kings? They're uh, that. I, you know what? It's so funny because I was I was telling Rosie not 20 seconds before. His the, old lady. The uh, game one, <laughs> I said, Jonathan Quick is so terrible handling the puck. Like, it's beyond bad, and he's going to end up killing us one of these days. And what? then, sure enough, he practically gives up an own goal. That was a bad one. That what was a, so terrible. What's your Stanley Cup Finals prediction? <sighs> I really do think the Ducks are going to make it. Ugh, it's going to be terrible. So bad for hockey. If that happens, well, then I hope a team like the Penguins make it on the other side to dispatch them. Well, that'd be an interesting bird matchup, at least, <laughs> if you had the Penguins <laughs> playing the Ducks. Um, that's you know what? That's that's something. You know what? I understand the Mighty Ducks was terrible. Like it was an awful nickname and going after the movie and everything. And really, it turned off a lot of people because I know, like living in and around Orange County at the time. The people would have been behind the Ducks. They had a cool name, and I know the register was pontificating a bunch of nicknames they could have gone with. Some really cool ones, and the Mighty Ducks was probably the worst thing they could ever do. But now they've gone with Ducks, and people are like, that's just a stupid nickname. But I'm like, you know what? The Penguins exist. No. In the first NHL. of all, first also of all, also another dumb bird. First of all, Pittsburgh Penguins has a nice ring to it, mm. and the worst thing, the Ducks matches. The worst thing that uh, that it it uh, works because it starts with Anaheim. There should be not, there should not be an NHL team that starts with the word Anaheim. That's Why not? Rid- because it has eighteen thousand fans. That team. 18,000 fans, and that's it. We live in Southern California. No one has ever come up to me, even in the year they won the Stanley Cup, and they know I'm, I'm not just a sports fan, but a hockey fan. No one has ever come up to me, hey, how about them Ducks? No one ever talks about them. <laughs> well, They're what? an irrelevant franchise. Move them to somewhere where they would be relevant or disband them and uh, distribute their players around the NHL. That's you, it. Uh, you obviously don't spend enough time in South I have Coast been Plaza. down there, and there are 18,000 fans. Yes, they go to the building, but they're the only people who do, and they're the only people who care. That's it. If that weren't the case, then they wouldn't have had, when they won the Stanley Cup, to have to pay people to get. They bribed people to go to their celebration with the governor, and they gave away free hot dogs and sodas. That was pathetic. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Black Tide, the shout out. Some heat in here. Then the debate club. It's time for Black Tie Shoutouts. I always give a shout-out to Quick Shout-out to I just want to give a shout-out to you. Alright guys, shout-out this week. Usually I you know give shout-outs to, you know, difficult jobs in terms of like circumstance, in terms of situation. 
this shout out. Like hosting those. a podcast with a producer who hates it. Well, like or that's like a hard one. Producing a podcast with two. You know what? I'm not even two what's two, two what's. I'd love for you to finish the thought. Go I'm ahead. Not even go there. Anyway, then don't bring it up. The shout out this week goes to a job that's difficult because it's just, it's exactly just that. It's a good job, but a very difficult job. And it's gonna go. You know how people always say the toughest thing in sports to do is hit a baseball. You know, it's so hard to hit a baseball, mm-hmm. and I agree. It's it's freaking ridiculous to hit a baseball. I've tried <laughs> a few times. It's not easy. <laughs> I used to play a lot of sports growing up. Baseball, I could never get a more with. Uh-huh. So my shout-out this week goes to switch-hitting pitchers. Because not only uh-huh. – as a pitcher, not only do you have to work in your game as a pitcher. Is there such a thing, though? Yes. Carlos Zambrano, <laughs> currently. Wendy Rodriguez, as well, is also a switch-hitting p- pitcher. Zambrano, is, uh, he's hit 24 home runs. See, I've done research on this. 24 home runs in his, in his, in his career. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Switch-hitting. Well, you must have done some research. You wouldn't so, know that. Yeah, I did, did do some research. In Major, he's hit. <laughs> point is, wait, he's hit twenty-eight, twenty-four, home run, 24 in, in Major League yeah. Baseball. It's amazing. Yes. Who's the mo- who has the most? Wait, is it like is wait, it uh, Carlos Zambrano has hit twenty-four Major League home runs? I, I feel like the best ones I've seen are Mike Hampton was uh, was a great hitter. Um, Glavin was a great hitter, and uh, um, all those Braves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Glavin was a good hitter. You're right. Um, no, I'm thinking of uh, the old Pirates uh, pitcher. Kent Colvey. No, it was not him. I don't, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know way. how many so, licks he got. It's not, I mean, there's a lot of other great pitches as well, hitting pitches, but switch hitting, that's ridiculous, man. To hit a baseball from one side of the plate and then to that's crazy. master Wasn't it? the other so side Juan of the plate. So Juan D. Rodriguez, as some people like to call him, uh, is, a, is a switch hitting pitcher. I didn't yes, even know is. that about him. It's embarrassing. Somebody, that used to be the answer to a trivia question. Um, who is the last switch hitter to win the NL MVP award? And it was Vita Blue. Hmm. That's a great because, one. I don't know. Vita that, Blue, that, huh? might have, that might have changed over the last couple of years because I haven't really kept track. Vita um, Blue, huh? What about Chipper Jones? Did he win a... Not that I can recall. MVP, I can't remember him winning but one. You, you, also have to recall, you also have to take into account that when these pitchers are coming up, in high school they were probably the best player on their team. And they probably. I hit. always say that. That's they one of my all, favorite things. How do these guys? But they look like they've never held a bat. It is such a crazy decline in skill because they are by, like you say, almost across the board. Ninety nine point nine percent of major league pitchers were also the best hitter on their team. Obviously, the dominant athlete. Mm-hmm. And yet, once they get to the major league level, it like I say, looks like they may as well just hold the bat with their hands a foot apart or something. They just feel <laughs> like they've never done it before. How is that drop off? I've asked. Many Many guys have asked Tommy Lasorda that. I've asked big leaguers, why is it such a drop-off? And there's really not a satisfactory answer to it at all. <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre thing, you know. Um, I always wonder, too, about switch hitters. You know, Orlando Merced did this once, the Pittsburgh Pirates switch hitter. In the middle of his career, it was like, oh, yeah, his his splits. When he was from the left side, he was a 300 hitter. When he was from the right side, he was under 200 and then one day it was just uh, he just sort of decided I'm going to just only bat left-handed. <laughs> I don't understand when you have massive splits like that. Why do they just go the whole career doing it that way? Aren't you likely to have more success just staying on the one side of the plate? Yeah, it depends on the matchups. I could hit right-handed, and sure. it was it always, in the big leagues, not in the big leagues, but it always was. First could of hit all, better than Josh Hamilton, maybe. And it was one of those things where you were learning batting stances and the, you know, I'm being left-handed, you know, you're playing in your front yard 
and you're mimicking all the Angels, you know, batting mm-hmm. stances outside of Freddie Lynn and Reggie Jackson and like that and Rod Carew, you know, you got to switch around and hit the other side so you can learn how to do it. And then eventually, you know, it's a nice little skill to have or whatever, but eventually, you know, you're dominant. You're typically dominant from your natural side. And if you're not, you know, you switch to be a lefty. Well, we still do. I know they've seen it briefly in baseball, but someone really does have to master ambidextry, this, this, this. A couple guys have done it. Be cool to, to pitch one day and then pitch the next. You, you know, have to declare arm. before the guy comes to the plate which side you're throwing from. Mm, oh, that makes sense. That. That's fair. That's my, that makes sense. That's good sportsmanship. Is, on a side note, has Black Tie's shout-outs gone from uh, catering to the working man? I know. Uh, look at that. Now, now we move on to. At one point, there was like an, a high-ranking ad executive who's making at least six figures. Now we're talking about down on their luck baseball players that are making what millions, yes. ten million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Are there no? Are there no hey, more? Man, uh, want to give a shout out to that pitcher? Hey, making I want to. I want to talk about Bill, the Bill Gates. You this guy. It, yeah. You know what it's like. <laughs> this is what it is. Have you ever gone? And done karaoke, and you nail the first song, and you're no, awesome. No, I never have done that. And then you decide you should walk off, like you should leave on your high note, mm-hmm. and then you know you're, I'm going to come back and sing "Take on Me" or something, and it bumps. That's what Black Tie did today because he was so good with his uh, his color, his of the food, food color list. He was great with something else. And then he decided to bring out that shout-out, and it just erased all the goodwill. No, I it's like it. I like it, Black Tie. Yeah. And I don't care what the cynics say. I love the I love the shout-outs. I, I the only like thing I don't them. love about them is that they don't happen more often. Black like Tie has rules. No, no, no. We can't do one again today. Why can't we do it? <laughs> oh, because the people, the people are waiting for like, What? You're the like, people you know, are out there waiting for his shout Anyway. You know what? If you want me to come up with more than one opinion a week, I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's done more than enough. I hope he is energized and enthused about uh, about his about throwing out a, a nifty list here. Black tie, fine work. Get ready because uh, I think Hanzus is coming in. Sessler, you'll review the whole Whitney Port business. Coming up next, uh, we dig also into. By the way, oh god. No, continue. No, no, no. no you no, guys no, you do your thing. We'll talk about it next week. Well, we go into Game of Thrones. We have a special oh. guest to come in talk a little Game of Thrones with Oh, us. good. I can't listen to it then. If you're going to be talking Game of Thrones, I can't listen I because can I'm not caught you? up yet. No, I think, I promise you, you can. Okay. I find it confusing. That's my review of Game of Thrones. I think you're going to like what we And discuss. I usually follow confusing shows, and that's a hard one for me to follow. Oh, yeah. If, anybody, right. fo- if anybody watches uh, House of Lies... If you can explain that show to me. Oh, that show is dreadful. Oh, is that the one? No, that's that. <laughs> is that the one with Don Cheadle? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm is trying that to show figure is. out what his job is. I'm trying to figure out how that show could be on for more than three minutes or anybody could read a script and think, yes, let's make that. Let's put that into production. Let's make a pilot and then watch the pilot and say, yes, let's definitely put this show and let's uh, buy this show and, and run it infinitely, indefinitely. And that had, seems like a bad call. They had a cliffhanger, too. Ugh, it's such a bad show. I've seen one and a half episodes, and I'm sorry I saw even that much. Real All quick, right. speaking of Don Cheadle, anyone uh, checking out Iron Man 3 this weekend? Or no? Ooh, I'd you know, like to. You know my stance I on won't. Marvel movies. Checking it out tonight, Thursday. I got a 9 p.m. showing. 
Is that right? Good yeah, for you, nice Black Tie. Early. Enjoy it. Early. I want to hear your... Just, okay. How about just, that? Black Tie's review next show. We just got done watching uh, NFL Top 100 at 8 o'clock, so how is he already going to see Iron Man 3? <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair point. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. he's feeding into what oh, we've already what? said. The that, list is hokum. Watch was, it so that you can, Here's why you have to watch the Top 100, so that it can upset you. If you're like me, you watch it so that it upsets you. And, and and makes you feel good. Like, I know better than the NFL players themselves. That's how I watch the Fair 100 show. All right. Late. Enough. Enough's enough already. It's more than enough. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce next week. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. And here comes the Around the League Debate Club. Take it away, fellas. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pick skins hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who spent a surprising amount of time in youth hostels, Mark Sessler. <laughs> you know, Dan, you uh, week to week pull up very... Factual information? Potentially damning information about my past. That's true. Where are you sourcing this? Uh, from you on a bar stool after one too many drinks detailing your past. I have stayed in youth hostels, but that was an economical decision. It was. It's it's almost like uh, half of the horror movies that are based out of Europe start in a youth hostel. So I'm not completely convinced you don't have some type of dark past that hasn't come out yet, but there are plenty of more bar visits for that to spill out. Um, while we're on the topic of Europe, we have a special in-studio <laughs> guest here. Uh, I call him my little damp squib, <laughs> Henry Hodgson. Wow. Thank you very much. I hope I hope it won't be a damp squib if anyone knows what that means. Um, do you care to uh, elaborate why I referred to you as a damp squib? Uh, if, if, if it pleases you, I will. <laughs> um, earlier today, I wrote a headline about Tim Tebow, who was in uh, certainly, and I, uh, I see my role here as partly as an educator, yes. um, as well as all the other things I do. And a damp squib in Europe means, or in, in England at least, is a way of describing a firework that didn't go off because it was wet. Right. And so Tim Tebow's <laughs> career with the New York, Gent, New York Jets was described, I was trying to describe it as a damp squib. Unfortunately, that, that phrase doesn't translate to American. Well, no, a question for you, because you came over and we took a look at the site, and it, it, we perked up immediately. Like this, we have no idea what this collection of letters mean. <laughs> but did anyone else... Uh, Police see no, no, the site come up to you and it's say, like, just a question, what does this mean? It's almost like to me, and Mark, you as well, it seemed like someone had you know, had put in some dummy lettering because they were going to, oh, when we think of the headline, we'll put it in. So it'll just go, <laughs> blah, 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 and then it came out to damp squib. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I researched it with a few other people. Someone who said, no, I've never heard of a damp squid, um, <laughs> which which didn't help well, either. Yeah, we looked it up on dictionary.com, and it's it's... It's based out of uh, English and Australian language. And I will say this. There's two, two other points before we move on today. Number one, um, it shows Henry's uh, power and how he's grown in the, in the company that no one said, hey, Hank, uh, do you think maybe we should give this more of an American spin? Nobody wanted to say You're it. You're like a late period George Lucas. Yeah. No <laughs> one's asking questions. It will tell you what a promotion will do for you. And then the other thing I'll say is this. Henry uh, has done such a great job. Uh, transitioning to America 
and I think a lot of that has to do with his wit and his broad shoulders. But it it shows you that when he does slip up in some English terminology works into America. It doesn't happen a lot. He's very he's very much Americanized even a couple of years in here. Thank you very much. What I did think. you change the uh, <laughs> headline to? Uh, I think the headline in fact is right in front of me is now failure to launch. Yes. Which still has some sort of firework connotation. Yes. Yes. Um, Maybe because the firework got wet but it's now in American. All right, we should we should move on. Uh, yes. Mark, what do you want to talk about today on the ATL? Well, I don't know. I mean, we haven't been around each other for two weeks. You guys traveled to New York while I stayed here. And yes, Hank and I have been around each other. We yes, were both plenty. in New York. Well, so that's what I want to hear about. Yes. I mean, you went to the draft. Why don't you give me some sort of account of your journey? With the actual journey itself. <sighs> the experience. What did what happened to you over the, the last 14 days? Well, I, of I, notes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go first then. My, I think the draft's my favorite NFL event. When it, you know, around the year, the Super Bowl, the Combine, all those things. I love the draft. I think it's a it's a great thing to be involved with. Um, okay, now all, a real answer. No, I really do. <laughs> okay, I, I, I agree genuinely, too. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy the whole process of the draft. It, you know, look, it's an exciting thing. It's 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 kind of a weird thing if you think. I mean, we all know we all know enough about the NFL to know that the draft happens every year. But when you really think about it, and the destinies of these guys who are twenty something years old, and suddenly it's all laid out in front of them, I think it's a pretty cool event. The, the whole way it, un- it unfolds and the stories that begin there or have happened to get to get them to that spot. Um, and of course, it's in New York, and, and it's always fun to to visit New York it's as New well. New York, and it's springtime. Spring, and you have it's a it's a the draft by its very nature is a hopeful event. Yes, and it kind of the vibes are pretty good. I, I well, they I are, agree but I, I think probably for the three of us, having gone through the years, this isn't you know for the for as a Dolphins fan, Dan as a Jets fan, Mark as a Browns fan, the draft whilst it should be a hopeful event, and everyone sees it as well. We're all starting equal. That's not actually the truth at all. It depends on yes. who's making the decisions for you. And, and, Very true. And over the last few years, I think for each of us, the draft's been a kind of, oh, what's he going to do next? That's true. Well, how thing. do you yes. feel the Dolphins did? They are obviously were very active in free agency, but that's only one half of the off-season plan. Now he, Jeff Ireland had to hit on his draft. Do you think he did that? Well, so I think it's fair to say he, he surprised people more than maybe any other general manager with the move he made in the first round, moving up to ten, <clears> you know even people suspected he might move up but I don't think Dion Jordan was on many people's radars as his target when he moved up um, so I you know personally I, I guess if he believes enough to make that move then I'm excited that we have a you know probably the top I think it was pretty much the consensus top defensive player in the draft that that they ended up getting there um, and and they filled some other holes elsewhere you know I, I, I'm not going to pretend I know enough about you know we needed a cornerback yes they got a guy Jamal Taylor, I think that's that could be a good move, but I'm not going to pretend or, or you know act like I know enough about it to to say that 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 was a good move. I guess we all you know as you leave the draft, and I think Mark, you wrote about it this week um, in ATL. Uh, I think we all see that there's one glaring hole, which is the the left tackle position, which is what I think people assumed he might move up to take, and and that that still hasn't necessarily been filled. Hank actually came up to me at the end of Thursday night. Uh, you know, while I was working on my 400th post of the night and a bulging oh. disc in my neck. Hold on a second. Let's, let's get a violin. Can we get yeah. a violin in yeah. here? Oh. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Henry comes over to me and he just kind of leans over and he, he kind of chuckles to himself, but it's clearly so I could hear it. Very proud of himself and obviously happy that I was disappointed that the Jets didn't get to Von Austin and we went uh, back-to-back defensive picks, which I found a little odd. Um, so you were, you were in a good position. Uh, 
on Thursday night. You thought the world was in your hands, so you still seem pretty I'm positive. I'm in good spirits about yeah. it. But look, I'm, I think compared to you especially, I'm an upbeat guy. I'm always a glass, <laughs> a glass maybe three quarters full most of the time, what, even when the team is six and ten. And, and you know, yeah. and What ten. about the Browns, Mark? Well, I feel like one thing, Jeff Ireland feels kind of like an, an Al Pacino godfather arc character to me where he went from being this mousy guy in the in the background that was making mm-hmm. horrid mistakes and had airplanes <laughs> flying overhead describing his errors he's really come into his own this off season well yeah the proof's in the pudding as they say i don't know again that oh. might be an english phrase as the well the pudding is still being um, but, manufactured but it's still being manufactured and i think actually it's kind of put the pressure now is sort of squarely on joe philbin's shoulders where it's like you got some pieces to a team that you wanted to assemble ryan Tannehill. You're a young quarterback. You've got some pieces for your offense. Now you got, you know, there's not much more apart from finding that tackle, be it a left tackle or a right tackle. There's not much more that Jeff Ireland's going to really do this off season to improve this team. I think at this point, it's it's on the coaches. Yeah, with Cleveland, uh, like like uh, Henry mentioned, you know, they they stayed where they were and got a defensive player in Barkevius Mingo. That I have no argument with that. You add a pass rusher. I think that's more important than it's been at almost any other time in the league. And so, uh, you know, I presume that will work out. I thought the thing that was interesting for me was that I just, my sense was this front office does not have confidence in Brandon Whedon. And I thought we're going to find out on draft date that they're either going to swing a trade for someone or they're going to draft someone. Because especially when the quarterbacks plummeted Mm -hmm. down into the third and fourth rounds, there were a lot of, you know, presumably decent developmental guys out there they did none of that. They didn't even add anyone as an undrafted free agent of note. And so I guess the, the thing is there is some confidence in Brandon Whedon. That surprised me. But the real question I have, because the Browns came and went, I don't think they were the story of the draft by any means. Dan, you were there in person as they are the New York Jets selecting a couple of surprise guys, I think, in the first round to some degree before they did something not startling but kind of Oh my, this has happened to the Jets. They picked Geno Smith. Talk to me. Well, I think, you know, getting him at number 39 overall, that was the top quarterback on their on their wish list. And also uh, they had pondered taking him at 13 overall. So to get him at 39, I feel okay with the situation. I will say this, and the first inclination of everyone now is to kind of uh, go after the Jets and say everything they do is wrong because it's fun to beat up on the Jets right now. I get it, whatever. But I can't, I can't deny the storm clouds that are already gathering over the franchise with Geno Smith. Just as we were coming upstairs to do the podcast today, uh, a report came out, um, Jason Cole, Yahoo Sports, uh, discussing why exactly Geno Smith fell down the, the draft board. And a lot of it went back to his uninspiring um, locker room presence to even when he was going on team visits and he was uh, on his cell phone while, you know, other prospects were engaging with coaches and front front office people gino was on twitter and doing things of that nature now does that mean the guy's going to be a bust and is that even an accurate report we don't know but between him falling down the draft board uh threatening to leave radio city i shouldn't say threatening but deciding to leave and then being talked back into it uh to the to the firing his agents to the agents kind of throwing him under the bus saying that he thought he would have and should have been the first round pick to this cole report it just seems to be a lot of negativity, and you put him in New York, and you wonder, is this guy, you know, does he have the disposition to handle this? I mean, and conversely, in New York, you've got the embattled Mark Sanchez. Essentially, cannot, people cannot wait to get that guy in a Greyhound bus out of town fast enough. 
But he's never said a word during all the ups and downs that have happened to him. He almost becomes like a sympathetic figure if Gino continues to become a more menacing individual. I will say this, though. I think the thing with Smith, he can't be the only 21-year-old cat that rolled into town for a team meeting and spent time on his cell phone. I, I would gauge that's probably 80% of this population yeah. that went on these visits. He is... I think being unfairly targeted to some degree because of his landing spot. Had he right. gone to the Jaguars or had he gone to the Chargers to back up Philip Rivers, for instance? I don't think we're reading this story. I think he's in a really, really tough position. But that's the same. I mean, you know, and I'm hesitant to defend him, but that's the same as Mark Sanchez. I mean, if Mark Sanchez had been drafted by any other club pretty much in the NFL, I don't think that Mark Sanchez would be viewed the same way as he is as a Jet. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the cost of going to New York. Right. You're either Eli Manning, and you, you're a little klutzy coming out of the gate, but you shrug it off, and you grow into your role, or you don't. And if you don't, we've seen what happens. They'll find some, something that to criticize you for. And Eli was boring and missed a no one for a long time in New York before he won a Super Bowl. He was considered sort of the, the, uh, the antithesis of what they wanted a New York quarterback to be. And as someone who grew up in New York, and, and you, Mark, grew up in Connecticut, so you knew the, the vibe there as well, a lot of times the media will say, you'll hear that old story, oh, that guy can't hack it in New York or in a big market, and sometimes those type of um, you know media jargon, you shouldn't buy into it, but I think it's true when I talk about athletes in a big market like New York. If you don't have the attitude, if you're not cut out to be scrutinized, it's going to eventually get to you. Right. So do you think that – does it worry you then that Geno Smith was the guy who wanted to leave Radio City when it didn't go right for him on day one? I mean, that doesn't point to a guy having the metal to, to kind of uh, to put up with the, with the New York media. <laughs> like I said, I don't follow college football to know enough about if this guy's skills will translate. I will tell you that it's, there are storm clouds. And I, I was hoping that he would represent – a fresh start for the franchise and we could be very positive about it but there's also you know it's not it's not smooth sailing as i had hoped now well one more point on gino i wrote a post this week ranking essentially the drafted quarterbacks from top to bottom in terms of not who's going to play first but who has the chance for long-term success i put nasib number one because it's like he's couched behind in almost an aaron Rodgers situation behind eli just to learn and grow in a really steady organization and I, I didn't want to do this, but I had to put Gino last on the list because he's being pushed into a really rugged situation on an offense that has no tight end of note, no receiver of note, and a, unless Chris Ivory really blows up, a really questionable backfield. That's a rough place to be. I agree. Um, now... I've convinced you fully. You got me. <laughs> Mark, you know what? Everything everything is going to be okay for me now. Hey, uh, Henry, uh, one last thing, because I know you want to talk about this, especially after my damp squib uh, material yeah. from earlier. Um, after the draft. Yes. You know, I don't know what's up with the shadowy league figures that handle the booking of transportation, but after a long weekend uh, in New York City covering the NFL draft, mm -hmm. and as we said, it's one of the great events to cover, Saturday night, I believe, is a, a nice night to, to cut loose. Apparently. Have a nice yes. dinner and have some drinks. Yeah. If you're from New York, you can get together with some friends. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. Potentially go to karaoke. Yeah, till, till 4 or 5 a.m. After yeah. a, you know, going to a bar before. Mm -hmm. And this a is bar. all fine because you're, you're off the clock <laughs> and you, know, you did your hard work. And Well, let's just get to the point. I went out with friends Saturday night after the draft. 
shadowy league figures book us on an 8.30 a.m. flight out of JFK. I I wake up early because uh, I have to. <laughs> uh, and uh, why don't you take it away, Henry? Because well, you you and you, I, I'll tell you what you and Damashek really got a kick out of my Sunday morning. <laughs> well, I also woke up early. I think a touch earlier than you had, <laughs> and uh, caught the you know was able to at the, at six thirty a.m. catch a cab to um, to JFK to get a flight out. And as we're pulling into JFK, ding ding, I get a little text message, <laughs> and um, and the text message is. Says it reads, "What time is flight?" Question mark. <laughs> and uh, so I'm so I'm entertained by the fact that Dan doesn't know what time the flight is, and I've just arrived at the airport. The next one is probably better than "What time is flight?" It just says, "JFK?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> So, uh, so oh, clear, clearly, this is a guy who's struggling. So yes, I, no. I, I, important questions, though. Yes, important questions. Yeah, but uh, both very important questions. And and to be fair, I answered the questions as, to the best of my ability in that the flight's at 8.30 and I'm already at JFK. So, yes, it's at JFK. Um, so a little while later, after I've gone through um, the gone through security and, and I'm you know, readying myself to board the flight, I get another text. What airline? Question mark. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then um, shortly after that, maybe 15 minutes later, um, as I'm sitting down to eat a, eat some breakfast, drink a coffee, you know, feeling pretty good about the day. It's it's around. Uh, You're organized. It I'm organized. Like, yeah. It's around now. It's about around probably seven forty five a.m. Uh, <laughs> in comes uh, the shambling figure of a man um, wearing sunglasses, which when he took off, I was you know happy to tell him to put them back on again. Um, smelling not um, as fresh as he might have done. You know, if, let's say if he was at Radio City Music Hall a day earlier, <laughs> right? Uh, or if he'd had a shower between that time um, and and this moment, <laughs> and uh, he he then proceeds to um, have I think what looked like, and I I don't want to go too into, de- sure, into detail, sure, sure. but looked like a fairly uncomfortable flight. Oh, um, <laughs> it's a six hour. I feel journey. like you're leaving some some. Uh, I, I'm going to leave some. I'm going to leave some of the well, more. Um, I will. S- uh, Graphic details out. I will. I will tell you this. Um, I referenced earlier, and somehow it ended up getting a violin. That I'm dealing with a nerve issue in my neck that's led to some real discomfort. I went to a, a doctor yesterday, uh, and Wilkes playing more violins in the background <laughs> now. Uh, but so I had neck issues, which is not fun for a cross country flight. I went out late the night before and sang karaoke with uh, some high school and college friends, and it ended up, you know, getting a little out of control in terms of the time element um and then i have to you know get to get on this flight at eight thirty, so i can't sit properly i don't feel well and then the, the capper on top of it is handsome hank and damashek they couldn't be more pleased about how terrible i looked and felt so that you so i have on top of all this i'm sitting here and I could feel these like jerks, these four eyeballs <laughs> shooting through me, and them just passing ba- back and forth comments. You know, one day I'm going to get my revenge. And Wait I will a second, tell you that, but Henry. though, who who was it that was kind enough to offer you a second pillow so that you could rest your <laughs> uh, your painful head? Um, Frankly, I don't remember. It's well, all that doesn't surprise me. And actually. I will I will say this one last thing: um, of all the days, of all the flights, and I've been on dozens and dozens of cross country flights now, to be seated next to a well-known, uh, beautiful reality television star. This was the flight where old Zeuser gets put next to Whitney Port of the Hills fame. Oh, the fashionista. The fashionista, a beautiful woman who smelled great. 
I can't imagine I smelled great next to her. I'm sure you did. And uh, so that was kind of the kicker. Well, I think the kicker to the kicker was then Damashek introducing you to to <laughs> whoever this woman was. I'm afraid I'm not familiar with her work um, on on Twitter. Yeah. Whilst whilst we're at the uh, baggage carousel. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Back the truck up. You're sitting next to Whitney Port from The Hills, mm-hmm. who I actually I know you peg me as someone that's not watched a lick of television, but very disconnected. I watched hours and hours of The Hills when I was dating. My wife, before she was my wife, we, right. that was one of the requirements of the time we spent at this house she lived in. I watched way more Whitney Port footage than the average male. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to find out a little bit more. I know of her personality a little bit. I find her to be a bit suspect. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you much. She <laughs> yeah, was, she's know, tall. This is the guy to go to. She has long hair, as I <laughs> mentioned. These are it, things I know. Okay. She <laughs> smelled good. You would not know that. No. Uh, uh, she was watching. She was with uh, a bozo type character with a backward met, backward Mets cap, <laughs> and they were. Wa- she was with two bozo type characters. That's sounds, see, that's another low blow. Wait, just and she, she was, was physically repelled by the other guy she was sitting next to. <laughs> and she she was watching The West Wing on an iPad, which I found uh, you know kind of hot to be honest with you. Sort of an interesting. Choice for her? So that's when I checked in. That's the only yeah. time I checked in with her. I was feeling a little better by the time we were over Arizona or so. <laughs> and I and I said to her, uh, West Wing, it's on Netflix. Is that something I should get into? And she was like, oh, it's great. We're obsessed. So in the last month, you've hung that's out exact, with... That's exactly how she sounds. <laughs> you've hung out with Pan from The Office, and yes. not to mention everyone else from The Office, mm-hmm. and you're randomly being sat next to models from the hills. I just hope, Whitney yeah, I, I just hope that if I do end up sitting next to a celebrity again, it's the first time that's happened, um, I'll be in better condition. And I hope the next time Henry's not feeling too well after a night out of revelry with some British people, that I will <laughs> be there to bury him. Um, let's move on, though. I want to... Did you hear, Mark and Henry, did you hear that we received a uh, package recently uh, it was sent to the around the league debate. Well, club. I heard some. I heard some side stuff about it. I didn't. There was some buzz. I was actually working. Alex Wilk, I I assume the package got into your hands, correct? I did receive the package. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable by this line of question, <laughs> uh, but I, I could have, have phrased it better. <laughs> you could have. Uh, I have the audio, okay. and I'm happy to play it for you at your leisure. Mark, as, as we discussed before the show, we ha- we found some voicemails from the past. Um, it was. Uh, John Facenda, the famous voice of the NFL, has um, apparently, for some reason, his voicemails were collected and found in a basement somewhere and then shipped to us. That's that's the setup we'll go with for this. Does that wow. sound does that sound believable? That sounds believable. That I believe it. I, I'm excited about hearing it. Okay, so uh, what we'll do right now is uh, play you one of the ones we found. It was actually um, John Facenda calling. Uh, good friend Al Davis. It sounds like it was probably sometime in the seventies. So must have been. Let's let's check that out. This is Al Davis's answering machine. Just talk, baby. This is NFL Films John Facenda calling for the venerable Al Davis. Al, you and I have been friends for years and years. You've been referred to as crazier than a loon, more dangerous than a rabid pit bull. And more erratic than a wolverine hopped up on Benny's and tossed in a vat of green alcohol. Well, I'm here to let you know that when it comes to me, John Facenda of NFL Films, 
you'll always have a friend. Sure, it's hard to explain your sometimes damaging decision-making, but what most citizens of this fine country don't understand is how heavy the crown sits on your brow. Why, I remember a couple summers back, you were called into the deep, dark forest of Guatemala to rescue a young pygmy child from the evil clutches of a black magic enchantress. I tagged along on that adventure, and the man I saw wasn't the man the media knows. The man I saw took on an entire tribe of wild-eyed savages with nothing more than a machete, a canteen full of afterfreeze, and a strong-willed determination that would make the gods of Olympus green with envy. Just know this, Al. Whenever you need me, if ever you're in trouble, simply howl to the moon the word, FACENDA! And I will come to your side. That's all for now, old friend. May the wind be at your back, and may the enchantress never darken your doorstep. Okay, what, what was that? That what? was extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. That was real. I think so. <laughs> Sounded real. A lot of people are going to say, oh, that's, you know, some radio or podcast bit. Found that in the basement, got shipped over here, and now we're listening to it. So uh, from what I understand, Wilk, we have we have more than one voicemail. I found at least three <laughs> at so least far three. On, that's that, great. on that machine. This is old technology, so it's a little difficult yeah. for me to get the so stuff it's, off. So he's got to transition I'm doing my it. Best. So we, well, can, we can't do more than one a show, but more will come. Well, one theory, NFL films religiously – Chronicles everything that's come out of that building. It, maybe from his work phone, right? Hmm. I mean, that sounds that sounds realistic. He sounded potentially three sheets to the wind, but why couldn't that also happen at NFL <laughs> Films if you're John Vicenda? I don't know. I don't know. So, so that happened. Um, before we go, and you know, thank you, uh, Wilk, again for digging that up. Before we go, let's talk some TV. Um, we'll start again since you know this is a British-themed episode of the ATL Debate Club. With Game of Thrones, it, you know what? It did occur to me. I watched it. I watched the latest episode last night, and it's not something I've thought about until now because really they're all mythical characters living in in a magical world, <laughs> right? But they are all English, aren't they? I hadn't. It hadn't. I mean, yeah. they're English or Welsh. There's no American voices in there, or am I imagining that? No, you're absolutely right. Well, because America happened long after mythological True. times. Yes, for yeah, the they most wouldn't part. have had those type of accents. Um, you know, uh, glad I could be here to help you. I don't think, Mark, you don't watch Game of Thrones, right? You have the the book or something? Well, now, all right, listen, I, someone gave me the book and at one point when the show started, I said, I'm going to read the book and then decide if the television show measures up. But then right. I got way behind on both fronts. Right. And so I've done that. So you haven't read the book. Or I have achieved show. no goals. Okay. And you know, this would be the point where I might've said, uh, spoiler alert. We're about to talk about the latest Game of Thrones, but here's the good news. I never have any idea what's going on no, with no, that no, show. And the, see, that's the thing. I love the show. <laughs> I watch it religiously, and I mean really religiously in a, in a way. You know, my wife loves it as well. We'll sit down on a Sunday night, or in fact, yesterday, not Sunday, but due to modern technology, it doesn't have to be Sunday Thank night. Thank you, Hank. But we will, we will sit down. <laughs> we'll sit down and watch it together. And I'm obsessed with it, and I love it. And afterwards, I, you know, when it starts, I feel this great rush of joy. And when it's finished, I feel energized. And then at the end, that literally 10 minutes later, I have 
no idea what's happened. No. I don't know who fights with who or against who. I don't know. I, I don't know who the major characters are. There's one called Jamie. He's the only one who, that I know. Right. The others all have obscure names like Araris Danastada. Right. Or um, Stormbana de Doda. And I don't know what that means, and I can't tell who's who. I, if they were called Dave, John, Steve, right. Mike, Barkevius, and Willie, I'd be absolutely <laughs> fine. But they have ridiculous names, and so so I don't know who's I, who. I think of all the all the plot lines, the one uh, with the uh, pretty blonde actress. I'm forgetting her name. What's her name on the show? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, with the her, dragons. The yeah, the, with dra- the dragons. The, the, yeah. the mother of dragons. Her Her quest to acquire... You know, she gets the dragons, and now she's got the army, and she's marching somewhere to do something <laughs> to, do to something. someone. <laughs> exactly. uh, I generally understand what's happening there, because I think she wants to be on the throne and win they the all, Game well, of that's, Thrones. That's the one thing I know. They all want to win. Right. They want to be kings or queens. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times will happen. It's funny you mention uh, your wife. I, I'll be watching it with my wife, and, uh, you know, I'll pause it, uh, you know, often and be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> And then my wife will say, I don't know. And then, but then we won't even complain about it. No, we'll just be just like, all right, we have play and we keep watching. Yeah. Sounds like it. these guys, uh, the show producers here, have clearly done their job well. <laughs> no, I think I, if, you re- if you read the book, like yourself, you're a guy who, who said he wanted to read the book. A lot of people could say they want to do things and then do them, you choose to be the guy that says he's going to do something. Dan would like to read the it. book, but he can't read. So we, let's I like put to that put big back. goals and promises out there. I don't like, I don't like there, why that's thrown at me. Uh, you know, on a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you read the book, uh, apparently it's much easier to follow along. Alex Drawick, who is a photographer for NFL.com, uh, she is very invested in the show, and she knows everything that's happening. So maybe it's one of those situations. Um, I think we're out of time, though. You know, we are, Dan, because while my day has ended, mm-hmm. you still have a solid four or five hours um, of office work, which means heavy posting about off-season football activity. Yes, which... You know, the people are, are clamoring for, so I will deliver it. Enjoy. You know what you should do is you should have a, um, a Twitter thing where people can send in ideas for a story that you do, the last post that you do of the day. I, I notice, um, and I'm, I know Mark does as well, that your, your, um, the quality of your content tails off dramatically towards the end of the day. <laughs> Maybe if users were able to suggest a post that you could write as that last post of the day, right. um, you, you'd we'd have some great interaction on the show, and it might actually help you um, in your quest to improve the quality of work. Yeah, and Dan, out. seeing that Henry is rather high up on the food chain. I'll say that's a great idea. Henry. Maybe I'll do it. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent work, Daniel. Uh, uh, I guess that's it. So we'll. Uh, They've turned out the lights week. in the that's room. It. It's over. Uh, we will be back next week, maybe with a guest. We say that every week, but maybe next week will be the week. What am I? You are a hero and also a damp squid. But not a guest. A British hero. Until next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.